Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. For today's show, we decided to explore those things in your life when you feel like you are a kayaker caught up a creek without a paddle. Or you might think you've hit a brick wall and you can't make further progress in whatever you were doing. You might be a writer and you got a bad case of the dreaded writer's block. Or you might be an athlete and you choked in the big race and haven't been able to get past it. Or you simply need to get something done in your life, but you seem to not be able to make any headway. What are you to do in situations like that? Since this season's theme, season is 13 weeks, is Creating Miracles, we thought we'd offer you a show titled Up Against a Wall, Create a Miracle. When you find yourself with your back against the wall, it means that you are in a bad situation and there's seemingly not much you can do about it. Some people who trace word and phrase origins believe that the idiom originally came from the times when the convicted the convicted would be made to stand with their back against the stone wall in front of the firing squad. That would definitely describe a dire situation in life for the convicted where the hope for alternative solutions seem slim to non-existent. Yet even in such de- uh, desperate circumstances, there have always been people who experienced a completely unexpected and much more appealing outcome. At the very last moment, Executions have been known to be commuted, the patient's heartbeat resumed after the doctor pronounced him deceased, or the guillotine, rope, or gun just didn't work. Yeah, that reminds me of a a funny story. Well, spoiler alert, definitely this is what's called gallows humor. (laughs) And in this day and age, oh boy. Well, three men were in prison during the Middle Ages due to meet their maker, if you will, by hanging. All three of them were scheduled to meet their fate that morning. Well, the hooded executioner told the first one, who was a hero of the resistance movement convicted of treason against the state, that he had the choice of wearing a hood so he didn't have to see what was happening to him. The man being a courageous hero chose to face his execution squarely. The executioner pulled the release cord to open the hatch below the convict to hang him. Well, the hatch started to open, but suddenly got stuck before the convict could hang. Well, it was time when if the execution failed by some unknown cause, it was seen as divine intervention, and the convict, no matter the crime for which he was convicted, was freed. So this hero was unbound and allowed to walk away from his own execution as a free man. 
The other two convicts, due to be hung next, looked at each other and whispered, Wow, what a lucky guy. I hope that happens to me as well. The executioner told the next convict, who was a two-bit crook, he had the choice of hood or no hood. Seeing that the first convict escaped certain death, even though he was still terrified, this man decided to follow suit and told the executioner, I am brave and fear nothing. I will keep my eyes open. The executioner pulls the release cord, and once again, the hatch gets stuck before the convict could hang. And once again, seen as divine intervention, the executioner is forced to release the convict. The executioner repositions the hatch and asks the third convict, a known genius convicted of using his superior intelligence to try to subvert the government, whether he wished to wear the hood or not. The final convict replied, I'll continue with what seems to be today's protocol, so I'll watch without a hood. Then just before the executioner could pull the cord to release the hatch from below him, the convict shouts enthusiastically, I see what the problem is. <laughs> I know what the hatch is getting stuck on. I could fix it. <laughs> of course, this is a joke. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But even though this is completely just a joke, there have been documented cases throughout history of botched executions by hanging and other methods. At times, some of those sentenced to such failed executions had their sentences commuted to life in prison banishment from their community, or even entirely freed. Although there's not a way to prove that each one was divine intervention, but at least to the prisoner, it was a miracle. How often have people who had their back against a proverbial brick wall miraculously experienced an entirely unexpected positive outcome? Well, exactly. I don't know how many times I've been in a situation in which I truly did not know what to do or what else I could do after I had already tried everything I knew to do in such a situation. Yet here I am today, somehow doing better than I ever have done before. Each time I had my back to the wall or was running into some kind of seemingly immovable wall in front of me, I not only got through it, but also got into a much better place or situation. And that's not bragging. It really takes awareness and work to do this. I've spoken about a few of those experiences in our various past episodes. When I look back and review many of those experiences that resulted in some kind of wonderful but completely unexpected outcomes, solutions, or resolutions, there seems to be a common thread that ties them together. No matter what the nature of the miracle that comes about may be, it seems that certain ingredients are always present in some way to help bring it about. Both in my personal experiences and in my observations of others that I witness experience miraculous outcomes to dire situations or surprising but wonderful solutions to challenging problems, it seems that they began with acceptance, letting things be as they were, and letting go and creating a new possibility. In my experiences of having many miracles, most of them started with me accepting the situation or problem I was facing at the time and being okay that I somehow had to deal with it and also being okay 
about the fact that it might not turn out the way I want it to. Of course, at first, when we're confronted with anything, we would call a problem. None of us ever actually want to have to solve a problem. In fact, especially for those of us who are extremely busy already doing all that we are doing, it's especially challenging to have to deal with an unexpected and unwelcome problem. So if we were to stay in that state of resistance to what we're going through, we're not going to open ourselves up to receiving any kind of wonderful miracle. Yet the moment we bring ourselves into the present moment by accepting what's happening already and letting it be the way it is, we can see it in a new light and create a fundamentally different solution or next step and outcome. We can imagine the whole thing working out beautifully rather than imagining it to be hopeless and not working out at all. We had a student some years ago who was working with me when I was at the Psychic Institute, and she was um, doing some office and desk work for me, and, and she suddenly got up and said, you know, I think I better go. And this was very unusual for me to have this happen because most of my students were really grounded and everything, but I just noticed that I had a really bad feeling about her going at that moment. And I said to her, won't you just stay a little longer? I didn't tell her I had a bad feeling about her going. I said, won't you just stay a little longer? She turned to me as she was walking out the door and she said, no, I will be okay, I promise. And she left and drove away. In in a short time, she was happily driving down an interstate in Southern California where we were in her small economy car. The next thing, and I've talked about this before, by the way, (laughs) the next thing that happens is that an enormous 18-wheeler in the slow lane immediately to her right suddenly moves into her lane without any warning. She tried to accelerate to get out of its way, but the front of the cab and the front wheel of the truck clipped the back half of her small car, forcing the front half of her car with her in it to completely wrap around the front end of the truck. Her car was smashed against the front grille of the truck, and it was being folded into an accordion with her in the driver's seat. Don't worry, she doesn't die. (laughs) When the front seat of her car got crushed down to where her face was less than a couple of inches away from the grill of the truck, she read the Peterbilt logo, the truck brand name, clearly on the front grill, continuing to crush against the passenger side of the car at nearly 70 miles per hour down the interstate. Her car was so small compared to the huge Peterbilt semi-truck, the driver not only didn't see her car crushed up against his truck, but he didn't even notice anything was amiss as he sped down his destination. After minutes of other cars around the truck blaring their horns and drivers shouting out their windows at the truck driver, did the truck driver realize something was wrong? He gradually moved his truck to the shoulder of the freeway and gradually brought his rig to a full stop. Upon getting out of his truck to inspect what everyone was shouting and honking their horns about, the driver was shocked and horrified. A a car was plastered up against the front end of his truck like some bug splattered on the windshield. The student later told me that when she realized she was becoming a pancake on the front of the truck going nearly 70 miles an hour, she completely let go. She said she was at peace with herself 
and just let everything go. She knew she was safely in God's hands. She had no idea what was going to happen to her, but she knew whatever happened, she would be all right. Accepting a situation or the need to solve a problem often requires forgiveness. You can only let things be or a person be as they are if we forgive them of our past experience with them. For example, if we are holding on to the hurt feelings or the loss of something valuable that we've been blaming someone for, we are not letting things be just as they happen to be. We are seeking to fix or change or eliminate what we've already experienced before. Yet, once we are fully committed to letting what's already happened or what we've already experienced or how we believe we experienced it to just be as it is or was, we can forgive it. We can let it go. Once we forgive anything or anyone for anything, we no longer keep ourselves hostage to them. In forgiving, we always free ourselves from what we've been beholden to previously. Well, already considered um, in recent news and and events, one of the all-time women's alpine skiing greats, Michaela Schifrin, may have crashed a couple times during this year's Winter Olympics races in which she was expected to be the heavy favorite to win and possibly or probably win all of them. But it was some of the media and her greatest critics that burned her for it. But the sign of a real world-class athlete in any sport is what she does following what many would consider repeated, inexcusable failures. What did Michaela the Alpine skier do after underperforming multiple times in the latest Olympics? Well, she just placed uh, a couple days ago, a few days ago, second and fourth in two major World Cup events in Switzerland to increase her number one ranking in the world. Ah, well, that may not be that newsworthy for an athlete who is expected to be the undisputed winner in every race, but consider that she was just put through the ringer of public and media-generated pressure and then lamblasted for failure to meet their expectations. Her most recent accomplishments may be getting close to miraculous. But what's truly miraculous is not that she placed second and fourth in a couple of world-class, you know, World Cup races against the whole platoon of the best skiers in the world, but that she's had to get herself past being up against the huge wall of public failure, shame, and disappointment to ski like that. What made it possible for her to create that miracle? As Raphael pointed out earlier, she was the first to accept that she didn't win as expected in any of her six races in the Olympics. She had to be okay that that's what happened. And since it already happened, there's nothing else you know, she could do to change that. She had to let it all be the way it was and let them all go to move forward. Then she was ready to create her next step. What would she like to create next? Ah, there's the important decision to make after you're no longer dwelling on the past. 
It's the decision you make in the present moment, here and now. Of course, I don't know Michaela Schifrin personally at all, but from my observation of her, she asked herself an important question when she most likely had the feeling of the bottom falling out. Or, in her specific case, halfway down the slope without a ski, sort of. (laughs) The question had to be something like, what made me want to ski in the first place? That's the kind of question you need to ask yourself when you're buried so deep in your emotional upset and simply worn out to the point that you feel like the only thing left for you to do is throw in the towel and call it quits. After all, you're feeling like, what's the use anyway? All the countless hours and years of relentless training and practice and getting to the top of the mountain only to crash and burn in several of the most important times when they're supposed to count the most. Yet when you honestly ask yourself, what made me want to do this thing? Whatever that is for you in the first place. You might realize a similar answer as I'm sure Michaela got. I love doing this thing. I love this. It was obvious in the first of her World Cup races, immediately following what many considered her catastrophic Olympics performance, she remembered how much she loved skiing. Not to please everyone else, but for just skiing for the sheer joy of skiing. That's what I see with anyone doing anything on any level of expertise. When the person knows he or she loves it, performance anxieties, the pressures of trying to fulfill expectations, and all the rest of the ego-pleasing antics fade away, and what remains is the loving and the joy that follows the wake of that loving. Well, we're coming up to our first break, and we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass, Creating Outside of the Box, Energy Work for Creating the Extraordinary. As part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, happening on April 2nd, April 2, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn to do psychic energy work to create Outside what's expected, something outside the box of convention, and have a miracle. Wouldn't that be more fun and fulfilling? For all the details and to sign up, go to our April events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A.com. Or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noelle. 530-926-2650 during normal business hours. Pacific time, Monday to Friday. In just a bit, we'll return to continue with Up Against the Wall, Create a Miracle. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. 
check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been having fun exploring what you can do when you find yourself up against a wall or up a creek without a paddle. Rather than being helpless and not being able to do anything about it, what if you create a miracle? Let's consider that option a little bit more. Well, before the break, I was using the example of recent example of Michaela Schiffen, you know absolute amazing American alpine skier. And, uh, you know, for those of you who, who are not interested in skiing or in the Olympics, Winter Olympics or anything like that, well, she's, she's already at her young age. I'm not sure how old she is, but, well, for me, everybody's young. But she's still just, you know, uh, uh, growing and, and, and becoming even better. But uh, uh, in the latest Winter Olympics in China, oh, it's uncharacteristically and total ex- unexpectedly, she basically uh, got disqualified out of the two, I think, of the the events that she's the greatest at, right? And that's that's a tough one for any any athlete of any level. It doesn't matter if you could be like a, a athlete in high school and that's still a bummer. <laughs> it's but when you're considered the best one in the whole world and you've won all these championships and everybody's expectation leading up to this event is just, you know, 200%. And then you just crash and burn, so to speak. It's it's pretty tough. But she handled herself in an amazing way and especially after the fact, right? I mean, who doesn't get upset when it actually happens and just goes, okay, uh, this is really tough. But even then, she she handled herself quite well. But very quickly afterwards, 
she came back and she raced just r- real recently in the last week in Switzerland at a world another World Cup event and she actually got came in second place and fourth place not the best for her that who's used to getting winning every single one so to speak but after an event like what happened uh, in in the Olympics ah this is the first one first major event that she skied at afterwards I thought that was quite good and if you watched her ski you can tell oh she's she's back on her skis again and didn't let the what happened in the Olympics completely limit her. And what I saw happening was pretty much what I was talking about in the last segment is, oh, she went back to, in some way, shape, or form, she must have asked herself the question, you know, why am I doing this in the first place? Because that's what happens when, when, when you put your all into something and then just basically fall flat on your face and you know in front of the whole world even then it's not difficult to get to that space of you know what am i doing this for you know i might as well just forget it it's not worth it until you ask yourself wait a minute how come how did i get into this thing in the first place whatever it is i use the skiing as an example because it was very public kind of a demonstration but you can apply it to anything in your own life. And and when you ask yourself, oh, what got me to spend so much time and so much practice and so much, you know, money and so much whatever you put your blood, sweat, and tears into doing, and then it seems like it's just taken away from you in a in a moment. All that hard work. And is it worth it? Well, when you ask yourself, what am I doing this in the first place for? How did I get in here? And when that answer is, oh, because I love this. I love doing this. I was born to do this. Huh. Then you go, okay. That doesn't mean the love is gone. It's just, you know, the overwhelm and the disappointment and the anguish that you go through or humiliation, whatever it is you're going through, seems to override it for just temporarily. But when you get your senses back, so to speak, and you go, oh, yeah, I love this. This is my life. I'm here to live this way. Then you gain back that loving And with that loving and the joy that follows the loving, you become at peace with yourself and all that other stuff. The ego just going, wah, 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 wah. And (laughs) and not only your own ego, but the entire world's ego, if you're a famous person, the entire world's ego is going, wah, 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 at you, too. (laughs) That can be very disconcerting. And and in development in modern society that... um, Fortunately, we didn't have to deal with in, in our youth, but it is very disturbing to watch sometimes because some people are really sensitive to that kind yeah. of uh, and people, criticism. You know, who who have no clue what a person who's on on the stage on on the world stage has to go through to do what they do, and they're the first <laughs> ones to criticize and and you know just burn them, but. What gets you through this is, oh, that loving, 
you have to remind yourself, oh, yeah, I love this. I love doing this or I love this person or I love this situation. I love my life, whatever it is. And when you remember that, oh, all else recedes into the background. And this is why the importance, no, even the necessity of forgiveness is part of this, the equation of being able to, when you're up against a wall, you're able to create the miracle. It's forgiveness. It's that forgiveness that frees your soul to love again and again and again, no matter what might have made you withhold that love temporarily, right? Yeah. It's when you forgive, oh, you get to have love again. Every time you forgive someone, something, or yourself, or and yourself, sometimes they're all together, of whatever judgment and blame you held against them or yourself or whomever or whatever, it's you that you free to love again. And with loving, not only anything becomes possible, everything becomes joyous. So one of the things to always remind yourself of, especially in times when you might feel like you're up against the wall, is to restore yourself to loving again by forgiving whatever it is that you're holding against yourself against. Yeah, that's what's what gets you up against the wall. You're holding something. So you're holding yourself up against whatever that wall is. Free yourself from any restrictions to loving so you can create a miracle to move you forward to greener pastures. And there are so many stories we have to talk about in this regard. But I wanted to go back to uh, Michael's example using Michaela, the alpine skier, because falling flat is something I think everyone has the experience of in some form or another. You you might fall flat in a job interview, or you might say the wrong thing to your mother and have her upset at you for the next two months, or, you, you know, making a mistake with someone on the street and paying the consequences. Well, you know, we all fall flat, and sometimes we have a miracle to solve it, especially when we're more aware, and sometimes it's just a great lesson. So one of the things I wanted to talk about when you're up against the wall is giving yourself space to be okay in the midst of whatever mistake you made or someone else made with you. And I'll give you an example. Um... I was a very shy child, and as I got older, um, I I started playing guitar, and I wanted to be able to perform, and I got so good that I was even teaching children how to play guitar and all this kind of stuff, and even one of my kids later on became a local rock star in the Detroit area, a girl, which was cool, but... I finally wanted to go out and make my first performance. And at the time, I just played acoustic guitar. So I um, frequented the coffee houses that that allowed people under 18 to come in. 
I was 17 at the time, and I was so excited, and I practiced and practiced and practiced, and I had seven songs ready to perform. I got up on the stage. I started my first song, and I could not remember anything. And I was so mortified, I ran off the stage crying, and I left the place as quickly as I could and never went back. And I had versions of that several times where I tried to be on stage, like I tried to be in a, the high school play, and I, tr- I was in the opening scene, and I tripped. It was just like I had to walk across the stage and say one thing, that was it. And I tripped and almost fell on my, literally fell on my face flat. But I decided you know, not to let that stop me. So I kept trying and I I still had several experiences like that on stage. And one would think, well, you don't belong on stage if you're that inept, right? Well, it wasn't until I got my psychic training where I learned about how sensitive I was to people's attention. So some of you who are really shy and don't like to be in front of people, public speaking can be very terrifying because you're looking at people judging you, right? And uh, what you learn is, you know, not to not to let that get to you. But for me, having those falling flat experiences, especially the first one, I just didn't know what happened. It was like it was like I was gone, and I didn't know about how a person can leave their body when they get uh, too much energy in their space. So it wasn't until I got my psychic training and I was able to review some of these kind of experiences that I went, okay, these were lessons that I needed to be grounded and be in in my own space and own my space so that even if someone had a negative opinion of me out in the audience, and by the way, in the coffee house, everyone was supporting me, so I, I shouldn't have even had those ideas in my head, but sensitive people do, um, you know. I I probably, if I would have been grounded, I probably would have done just fine. And I was able to, many years later, perform just fine until I realized musical performing was not my path this lifetime, but I still love music a lot. So that's one of the things, you know, sometimes you have to take those falling flat experiences and give them space. You know, your embarrassment, give it space. Recently, I, I've, in fact, very recently, I had an experience. I'm not going to talk about what it was, but it just really, really upset me. And it, and it upset me to the point where I couldn't even deal with the solution of it. So what I decided to do was just for, a, because I could, you can't always do this if it's an emergency situation, but because I could, I just let it be, as Michael was talking about, and gave it space and let myself go through all the upset and emotions about it. And then I started working the energy of the very thing Michael was talking about is forgiving the situation that it's happening this way. And I'm still in the midst of solving it. But now I have like really good creativity and enthusiasm to to take care of it. And um, I'm not unhappy about it. So sometimes we really just have to give ourselves Even a moment, you know, in emergency situations where it's very upsetting, you know, you see someone hit by a car or something like that, you you have to ground yourself and let yourself be centered first before you can help that other person. And, you know, in a sense, forgiving the situation for existing so that you can actually manage yourself in it. So those are some of the things I wanted to talk about here. And... um, Oh, the other thing is talking about Michaela was with the 
advent of social media, how, you know, this thing that happened in the last couple of years called cancel culture, where the public decides they don't want someone or they don't like it. All their sponsors get pulled out and, and people really lamb blast that person in the social media. And it might not even be true. So these are very difficult situations for some people to get through. So one of the things I, I also would like to bring up here is just being aware that what you put out on social media, even if you feel justified in doing it, if it's negative towards someone, you got to be very careful about, you know, the karmic repercussions of it. Well, anyway, our second break is coming up, and I wanted to invite any of you committed to learning much more about your psychic self, intuitive awareness, and self-healing, and about how you can progress on your spiritual path to check out our psychic tools and life mastery practices for living your soul purpose course. It's our most comprehensive six-level foundation MP3 audio self-study course. You can take it one class at a time or purchase one level of classes and seminars at a time. For details, go to our seminars, courses, and retreats tab under what we do on our website, or you can simply call our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our assistant, Noel, who will happily assist you with questions regarding the course, as well as purchasing any of our classes. When we return, we'll get back to Up Against the Wall, Create a Miracle. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We've been exploring one of the best solutions to when you find yourself up against a wall. Yes, why not create a miracle? Is that hard to do? Well, let's find out 
more about it. Uh, we were speaking with our producer, Matt, on the break, and he made a kind of a funny joke about the comment I made about, hey, watch what you put on social media. You know, when you put a negative thing on social media, you're you're judging people. And, you know, I really think that thinking about that thing that Jesus said, judge lest ye be judged, uh, take it a little more seriously because energetically when you judge someone, what you're doing is you're putting on another person what you're not, not willing to look at in yourself. But our producer said something very funny about some of the attitude out there, which is, oh, if you don't have anything nice to say, post post on social media instead. <laughs> that's our. That's the new new <laughs> uh, oh boy, protocol. No. Actually, uh, it's not advised. It's, it's, a funny little comment. Thank you, Matt. That was funny. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we've been we've been talking about what are some of the ways you can get through it when you are up against a wall or you're falling flat and and under a lot of people's judgments. And we've talked about accepting the situation, letting it be, giving it space, and bringing that lovingness back in there. But there's another thing I wanted to talk about, too. And uh, this is in answer to a question, how do you get yourself unstuck from one way of seeing the situation or person? And actually, there's a number of ways. You know, we've taught many tools on this on this radio show, but one of the things is just an attitude. You know, uh, an attitude of, uh, let's say, neutrality, being able to, you know, be as passersby. You know, watch watch the whole uh, movie of this life go by, or you can go uh, what I call the Mother Teresa attitude. Now, I know she's a figure of a lot of controversy, um, but what got publicly said about her, I really liked this part, which was first when she was working with the poor and the destitute and the dirty and the hungry and the diseased people that she was working with, she would look at them and see Christ in each one of them. And of course she was Catholic and seeing Christ was is a Catholic pra- practice, but you know, a, another way you can look at it is see the oneness. See in the, your brother's eyes the same as you. You know, as, in spite of all the layers, you know, somebody may be a negative or horrible person, but underneath it all, he he or she is the same as you. you he, same spirit. Same spirit, part of the same oneness. And if you're able to get out from judging that person and throwing a lot of energy with your thoughts at that person you're going to be able to start getting yourself unstuck. It's like detaching yourself. Some of you, uh, when you're have, judging someone or a politician or something like that. It's like Velcro. <laughs> yeah, or, or even just getting yourself glued to them. Whatever mm. you resist persists is an old cliche saying, but it's true. Or another way we say it is, whatever you resist, you become. You become just like that. You know, when you're judging that person and throwing that energy and gluing yourself to that person, you become just like them and yeah. not the best part of them either. And and it's that judgment, exactly that. The judgment that you are in is what cements you to that brick wall. Judgments like the mortar, you know, between the bricks that put it together. 
so if you if you judge someone or something or even yourself especially ah you're the one who pushes you up against and glues you up against that brick wall so getting yourself off of the wall first is <laughs> is the important thing so Raphael said you know you got to you got to be able to accept that okay that's where you are right now that's where you find yourself because that's that's what precipitates our need to do something about it is we find ourselves you know up a creek without a paddle and we go whoops <laughs> this is not all right uh, we got to do something about it but before we jump in to try to fight it or conquer it or control it in some way we got to be able to accept oh yeah hey i got myself into this <laughs> uh i mean i you know i might have been abducted by aliens and they dropped me off up, up a paddle uh, up a creek without a paddle but <laughs> but i got myself into the kayak in the first place so then once you accept and you're able to go Okay, I can let this be as it is. It's it's already happened. So arguing with it, fighting against it, getting all upset and, you know, miserable about it isn't going to help any. I've already had my moment of misery and and suffering. How much longer would I like to continue that? Not any longer than absolute necessity. So whatever's done is done. Let it be. And as you're letting it be, that's what letting go really means. Everybody talks about letting go, but most people I notice who are who talk about letting go, they're they're not letting it be first. They're trying to let it go like it, they got bubble gum stuck on their hand, and and they're just wrapping their hand around to try to let it go, let it go. It's not going to work because they're still resisting it. But if you could accept it and let it just be as it is, it's okay. That's what it is. That's letting go. Because now you're not holding on to it anymore. You don't got anything against it anymore. Then once you let it go, ah, oh, you're really, you're seeing, it'll help you see the truth of the matter. Is It doesn't matter. It's already happened. Let's create something new. And that's forgiveness. You see, the truth of the matter is that none of that matters right now. It's done. Learn from it. Then you let go. You're forgiven. And, and you, basically, you forgive yourself of the judgment and blame and accusation and all that stuff that you failed or you you humiliated yourself or you shamed yourself or everybody else or whatever you're a total disappointment whatever it is you let it go and once you're able to go okay that's done yep moving on you create the new space and that's where you can open up to the miracle you know when Raphael was talking giving some examples I thought of this person I won't name names but <laughs> years ago this person that both Rafi and I know and love, and uh, she was uh, uh, way back when she was a um, uh, news reporter for a local uh, TV station, and and uh, uh, it was her job to go out and and capture the news on the uh, you know big clunky uh, uh, I guess video camera or or no the yeah, one it was of those a local neighborhood thing yeah big uh, radio. Uh, 
TV camera. And uh, uh, so she had it going, and I forgot what she was covering, but she wanted to make sure to check that, you know, everything's working. She didn't know the, the camera person had already remotely turned on the camera. It's, it's already... Well, it was all done, it's, Oh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, the, the report part was done, and then she wanted to make sure it's all turned off and, and things were... Good. And so she's looking at, oh, where's the switch? And 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 she's in front of the camera lens. Her, <laughs> her face nose, is her nose was yeah, her, her nose was right there in front of the camera lens. <laughs> and, and she's going, Where where's the switch that is this turned off? And blah blah blah. And she's talking to somebody in the back. And until finally she realized, oh, it's still broadcasting. <laughs> and of course, she didn't hear the end of it from especially her friends and family who watched the, watched the news feed. <laughs> oh, big that, nose you have. Nice or, nose shot. N- n- nice nose shot. <laughs> and people made all kinds of jokes about it. And it was great the way she handled it. You know, she, she just has a lot of humor. She, she, uh, laughed about it and says yeah i i you know i'm sure she felt the moment of oh my god what happened <laughs> you know and uh, humiliation but embarrassment or whatever but no she didn't stay there hey it's already done <laughs> she can't undo it anymore <laughs> so so she goes with it and she just accepts it that's the way it is. Let it be. It's, it's, and it's, laugh a lot. And, and laugh a lot and enjoy. People were enjoying it. And uh, it, it uplifted a lot of spirit, you know, with, with people uh, who saw it. And especially those people who, who cared about her and, and enjoyed her just thought it was hilarious. And uh, uh, she laughed along and she even told us the story way after it happened and we were pretty much on the floor when she told it <laughs> it was so <laughs> hilarious so yeah and then it started a whole line of stories because she was also a stage actress at that time and and the stuff that you know if you're on stage in the public all the things that can go wrong <laughs> wardrobe malfunctions are one of them and she had some great stories about that where literally some some of her body parts that should not have been showing were showing uh, when she was trying to do, you know sometimes they have those dresses that have the velcro so they can go take it off really quick and, and go switch back costumes on. yeah and um, she didn't realize that something happened and it pulled it all down from her front and she was <laughs> and she just casually pulled it back up over and over yeah. her chest and she was good to go so and but, i'm sure you know every actor actress people who are on the public stage speakers uh, every we've we've all had experiences where we're in front of everybody and we fall flat on our face or something really you know uh, embarrassing happens, happens. and and that's the one thing Raphael mentioned earlier that a lot of people have, uh, what is it called, uh, fear of public speaking. And, and what is that? I, I've looked at that for a long time because I've always loved to talk to people. So I didn't care if it was one person or 100 person people or 500 or whatever. I love to talk to people. And once again, I realized, oh, yeah. I love to do that. I love talking to people. And, 
And uh, there, well, then if if you fall flat on your face and you beat yourself up or whatever temporarily, you have to remember, oh, yeah, I love doing this. Then right there, forgiveness. It's all that stuff is gone and you're in the moment, you're here, and then you can start to create again. <clears throat> and that's what allows you to go beyond those moments where things, you know, like uh, Raphael mentioned, what was it called? The wardrobe failures, yeah. <laughs> whatever wardrobe failures in your life. And instead of beating yourself over it, up about it, it's, you're just, oh yeah, this is what I'm here to do. This is who I am. And you got to be able to love yourself for it. And let yourself have the experience. Yeah, and it's a learning experience. And if somebody else can't laugh about it and they get critical and they hate you for it, well, that's not your problem to solve. It's yeah. theirs. Yeah, I had a fun experience. And it, it wasn't as embarrassing as my sister's, but um, I used we used to put on these retreats where I cooked for everybody and I set every all the food up and and plus I had a little bookstore and I got on stage with Michael and at one of the times I was up there um, uh, I was giving a little bit of a talk and I noticed people's heads were kind of bouncing around when they were looking at me and I thought it was weird but I just did my thing and later somebody came up to me and she was just so distressed because under the lights, my blonde hair on the top, I had two hairs sticking straight up, and they just couldn't keep their eyes off of it. And I thought that was hilarious. But she said, oh, that was so disturbing. We couldn't pay attention to your talk. So, you know, sometimes these funny things happen. Anyway, once again, we've come to the end of our show today. We're grateful that you tuned in and hope that you gained some new insights into creating miracles when you're up against any kind of a wall, even a silly one. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for a wonderful show we're going to be giving, Karmic Relief, The Miracle of Making God Laugh, with our very special guest, Brooke Jones, who has been San Francisco's radio personality of the year, declared LA's funniest lady as a comedian, a consummate interviewer, a cancer warrior, an amazing writer, and who has been clinically dead, had a private Q&A session with God herself, and then return to Earth to dedicate her life to serving others. Remember, too, we'll be uh, teaching our teleclass on Saturday, April 2nd. We talked about that earlier. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael tomorrow. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.